Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks I'm highly educated Nobody told me looked over but still dedicated Played in the league for 13 I ain't gotta be favorite Two Super Bowls, Honolulu I stood with the greatest The thing is this, it never rich I'm good with my neighbors DB precision, television Ain't ask for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures Just look in the papers no backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just watch me go to work and tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. Welcome back to Face First. The NFL is king, uh, no matter how you want to cut it. Offseason, basketball going on, uh, baseball strikes or baseball lockouts, hockey, um, March Madness even. Whatever it is, man, when NFL makes news, those... Those days, you know, uh, those reports are the most important reports in the world. And that's whether it's coming from the combine, whether it's the fact that Kenny Pickett has small hands, or if we're finding out whether, whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to get 150 guaranteed. All of these things are very important to us. And not only is the NFL king right now, the NFL is freaking crazy. You know, you're trying to figure out, is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be traded? No, Aaron Rodgers is going to stay. And Aaron Rodgers is going to stay, and he's going to get $150 million guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers is going to get to hold the Green Bay Packers over a barrel every single year and say, maybe I'll quit, maybe I won't. And also, the Green Bay Packers are going to have to figure out how do they play football in the future knowing this man has gotten that much money, knowing this man is owed that much money. So they're basically banking or, or, or saying to their future, we don't know what that's going to look like, but we are really invested in the now and really invested in number 12. Russell Wilson, go Hawks, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson that lays in the bed, you know, butt naked with his chain on with his wife when he signs the huge deal in Seattle. And he says, you know, I want to be a Hawk for life. And every at the end of every single, of every single press conference, it's go Hawks. You know, that same, that same Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. That same Russell Wilson is now saying, I plan to play 10 to 12 more years. I plan to win three or four more Super Bowls. Well, you've played 10 and you've won one. And a lot of people don't even say or necessarily give you that one. That one is for Marshawn. That one is for the Legion of Boom. But now you go to Denver and you got a new lease on life and you're happy. And I said it on TV. Happy people say happy things. And we get really excited about these things and we want to tell people we are here forever. But we are learning that forever is a shorter time than we thought. And then now you have Matt Ryan in Indianapolis because Carson Wentz is now a Washington commander and Baker Mayfield is looking for a job, but nobody wants to give Baker Mayfield a job. And it's probably because they feel like his team did something stupid. It's probably because they feel like the Cleveland Browns did something they shouldn't have done. And what the Cleveland Browns did was give Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed and give up first round picks and fourth round picks and fifth round picks for years in order to acquire Deshaun Watson. And that 30, 230 million guaranteed was on top of what Deshaun Watson already had, which was the deal he signed two years ago and he didn't even play last year. And we'll get back to Deshaun Watson not playing last year because what this has created for the people that cover the sport, for the people that love the sport, is this huge, this huge moral issue or this huge moral question on how do we cover Deshaun Watson? 
what's the most important thing in the Deshaun Watson case? And I'm sure many of you don't need this or don't need to know this, but Deshaun Watson has 22 civil lawsuits pending. Deshaun Watson is accused of sexual assault, sexual misconduct, as it pertains to 22 different therapists. And now, this is such a, a deeply layered conversation because it starts here. For those of us who have to speak about it, being neutral is not okay. I am someone who has been largely neutral. Now, I have to be honest in that Deshaun Watson's agent, David Mulligetta, is a good friend of mine. Deshaun Watson is someone I know only a little bit personally. I don't know any of the 22 women that Tony Busby is representing. I have not had conversations with those women. What I do know is I will not disrespect or fail to protect those women and their stories and what they consider their truths and their allegations against Deshaun Watson. I also don't know enough about them to believe them. Here's what I know. What I know is if my daughter came to me in any capacity and told me that someone has wronged her, told me that someone has harmed her, told me that someone that someone has approached her in a way that is even the slightest bit less than respectful, then I have an issue. And as much as I would like to say that I could be level-headed in that situation, my first thing and my first thought is going to be guilt for the person she's talking about. It's going to be wanting not only justice, but revenge and vengeance against that person. And that's whether that person is a man or a woman, because that's my child. That's my daughter. And so I understand that now when we are speaking of these things, that there are 22 women and their families that wholeheartedly believe a certain thing. And so now every time we make a statement, we have to be mindful of that. And then going back and thinking about the way that I've covered this or the way that I have said certain things, I do wonder if I've ever crossed that line in congratulating David Mulligetta on the job that he did on Deshaun Watson's new deal publicly. Is that in some way disrespectful to 22 women and their families? And you dig into it and you know that that's not your intent. But there's a difference between intent and impact. And so now if I put myself in that, in that father's shoe or that brother's shoe or that boyfriend's shoe or that husband's shoe and you're looking at Ryan Clark, you're wondering, okay, where's your moral compass? How do you see this thing? And the blessing for me is I get an opportunity to sit here and I don't know who's going to listen to this or, or who's going to hear this. I get to sit here and say that those women's bodies, those women's feelings, uh, the, the things that they are dealing with, those things are first in my mind because I have girls, because I understand 
that when we look at women in this world, there is no one that is more undervalued in this country. When we look at black women in this world, that's even more so. And so when I think about this situation, anytime I have an opportunity to speak on it, I have to speak on it from that point. I have to understand that there are, there are people that can be hurt by certain things that will be said going forward as it pertains to Deshaun Watson, to the money that he was given, and to all the things that surround him with all of those uncertainties. And now the NFL saying, you know what? It's okay that you move forward, Cleveland Browns. So now I look at it from Deshaun Watson's point of view. I look at it from being a black man. I look at it from being a black and black uh, a black athlete. I look at it from being the father of a young black man. And I think to myself, okay, here in this situation, if I'm sitting at home and I'm talking to Deshaun, what are my feelings? My first hope is that Deshaun is honest with me. My first hope is, is that this was, if Jordan was in this situation, that Jordan is honest with me. That he's telling me, here are the things that have happened. Here are the things that are being done. This is why I'm innocent. And this is why I'm going to defend myself to the utmost of the law. This is why I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to clear my name because my name is important. And if I'm sitting home and I'm representing him or if I know him and I believe him, I don't want him to be reported on. I don't want him to be spoken of in a way that assumes guilt in a way that condemns him before we truly know. I want someone to be able to sit and say, given the facts that I am given and the lack of proof or proof of the things that I'm given, I cannot pass judgment at this point. Now, if I get more information, if more things come out, I get to say, then here is where I stand. But right now I can't stand anywhere because I don't know. That's what I would hope. But that's not the world we live in. We do live in a world where many black men are guilty until proven innocent. We do live in a world where, 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 there, where there are allegations passed or there are allegations filed against a young man in these situations. We tend to believe the women right away. And it's now the burden of proof is on the man to prove to us that none of these things didn't happen. Now, what is also very hard to prove in these situations, especially when it's a lot of what people say or the way that people perceive certain interactions, it's hard to ever get that proof. And I think that goes into a grand jury for whatever reason it is, whether they said it was no evidence that this, that that shows this should be brought before a grand jury or that he should be indicted, whether it showed that it wasn't enough evidence that this should be brought before a grand jury or he should be indicted or whether it showed that the evidence given wasn't strong enough or wasn't clear enough that we think an indictment is even possible. Whatever it was in those things, the grand jury said no. Now, what we know as people, what we know as, as, as constituents of this country is that that doesn't necessarily presume innocence. It simply says that there isn't enough evidence. Now, you can look at it in many ways. If you're in Deshaun Watson's camp, you're certainly going to believe that 
Because because you believe he's innocent, because he said he's innocent, you're certainly going to believe that whatever it was that pertained to the evidence that didn't allow a grand jury to indict, you're certainly going to feel vindicated in the proof of your innocence. But that's not necessarily what is said. And if you're on the other side of that, if you're with the 22 women uh, who are part of these civil lawsuits, you're going to vehemently stand and say, no, this does not prove innocence. This does not prove that we are lying. This does not prove that we don't have enough evidence. That is just what people who are hearing the evidence have said. And so then as we who are reporting, because I've already talked about being neutral, we who are reporting, you got to pick sides. And for many, for women, that side has been picked. For women, it's been a thing that they want to make sure that no matter in the way that they report about this, it is the 22 civil lawsuits that matters most. And I can't tell them that they're wrong because it's more important in football. It should be more important in football to Deshaun Watson to have his name cleared, to feel like, you know what, the things that people have said about me, you now know beyond a shadow of a doubt I did not do. And for those women who live with this every day, who truly believe one thing, who truly feel like their interactions and the way that they see them and the way that they happen are the way that they are, there's only one way for you to view this and that those allegations are the most important things that matter. And it's a lot of times you're going to get pushed back if you're on the side of the women and you're sure as hell going to get pushed back if you're on the side of Deshaun and being neutral makes you wrong. So that's where we are with this. And so now we, we get to the Cleveland Browns. And you get to the Cleveland Browns who have basically been saying to themselves, we've been working on making this move for months. The Haslam family comes out and gives a statement. We have done our due diligence. We have had an extensive check of what Deshaun Watson is dealing with on where the allegations, on where the civil lawsuits stand. Mina Kimes, who is one, brilliant, two, a friend of mine, said it very eloquently on TV yesterday in the sense that Tony Busby was asked, has any team or has the Cleveland Browns reached out to him to talk to whether it be him or the women he is representing? And he said no. And Mina, I am paraphrasing here, said where there is no way that your research can be extensive if you haven't spoken to people on the other side of this. Now, that's whether it's the NFL, whether it's the women, whether it's Tony Busby, who have you spoken to that has a different opinion or a different view of things than Deshaun Watson and his camp? And I think the, the problem we have here is we are expecting the NFL to be our moral high ground. We're expecting the NFL to use its moral compass to guide us toward what is right. And, you know, you go back before the video, Ray Rice, two games, Greg Hardy was allowed to play the Kareem Hunts, you know, the Tyreek Hills. And, you know, there have been many different situations where, Players 
or organizations have been able to move forward, not necessarily depending on the law to make its decisions. And that's not something we should get used to. That's not something we should feel is okay, but that's been what it is. And I think so much of what people feel now is hatred toward the NFL because we are in a place where we don't know. We're not in a place where we got to with Josh Brown who had tormented and abused his wife time after time after time after time and he was still allowed to play where we felt like the NFL knew what was going on but yet he he wasn't he was still allowed to do his job he was still allowed to make money and it wasn't after to all of these things come out that he's finally punished for what he had done he's finally no longer allowed to make money and be that human and this wasn't a big name guy this was a punter this wasn't somebody the NFL had to keep playing, but he continued to play because the NFL has never actually shown, you know what? We truly value women. We truly care how the women who wear the jerseys, the women who buy the uniform, who, who buy the tickets, the women who sit in the stands, now the women who work, whether it's in the front offices, the women who work on our sidelines, the women who work in our weight rooms, how do they perceive the people that they work with? the people that they work for. You can see that with what's going on with the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder getting to, getting to interview himself, Daniel Snyder getting to uh, investigate themselves, and then also being allowed to say whether or not these findings become public. We see it every day in every situation that they don't value that. What they value is how much money can you make me? And so to know that the Haslam family and the Cleveland Browns decided to make this decision going this way and decided to make Deshaun Watson the highest paid player in the NFL based on guaranteed money, that's not shocking and that's not surprising and it shouldn't be to anybody else. But it does matter in how we report it. Do we feel like every time we speak of Deshaun Watson, the first thing that should come out of our mouths is the 22 allegations that are still pending in the civil lawsuit, the depositions that Deshaun Watson is going through each and every day. Now let's get to the football. I think there are many people who feel that way. And then there are people on the other side that say, you know what, now that the football is happening, now that Deshaun Watson is the Cleveland Brown, how does that affect him going forward? And I do believe the NFL still being allowed to levy its punishment regardless of what the courts say is an important statement to make. Because even with that, the Cleveland Browns has now said, we understand and we know that you will be punished. And in knowing that you will be punished, we'll make your, your salary for your first year a million dollars so your pockets aren't hurt. And when you look at the Cleveland Browns, you say to yourself, you know what? The Cleveland Browns fully understand this situation. They want to take care of their quarterback and winning is the main thing and Deshaun Watson can help him win. And to some people, that's not going to be enough. And to some people, that's not going to be okay. To some people, they want to see you punished before they know if you've done it or not. They want to see you punished before you are indicted. They want to see you punished before you truly have proof. Because if somebody says it, then it has to happen. Now, here's what's hard for people who want to stay in the middle. 22 allegations. There is a statement that where there's smoke, there's fire. And I don't necessarily know that we've had any situation that is like this where there's been so much smoke. 
where you don't start leaning on your logic, um, your your rationale, and your common sense and start to make judgments. Where you don't sit around and you say, you know, I played a certain amount of time and I had three therapists my entire life. Or I've been in rooms with uh, female therapists since I was 18 years old and I never had this issue. Or you haven't, you know, seen a situation get to this point where something wasn't done in some way negatively. I think all of those things make sense. I think when you look at this situation, it's hard to say that you don't believe something doesn't smell right. That if you had an opportunity to sit and have a conversation with some of these people, some of these women, I'm sorry, you wouldn't be interested in what they have to say. From what I know uh, about this situation, Deshaun Watson has cooperated in every way. Deshaun Watson wanted the cops involved right away. Deshaun Watson wanted to speak to the NFL right away. Deshaun Watson have not, has not in any situation hid from talking to authorities, hid from talking to people that can make decisions about what these 22 women have said and what Deshaun Watson has claimed the entire time. The problem is those things have been in total opposition since Tony Busby made things public since Tony Busby filed these lawsuits, since the grand jury decided not to indict, since Deshaun Watson asked for a trade, since we watched him sit the entire 2021 season out, one, because he wasn't going to play for the Houston Texans, two, because the allegations against him were so strong and so large, there was no way that he could be on the field, no way that Texas could allow him to be on the field, no way the NFL could allow him to be on the field. And so you're dealing with all these things, and then you're trying in your mind to find a way to say, you know what, I still don't know. I think that's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for everybody. I think there are a large contingent of people who want to believe all 22 women. I do think that there is a, another side that wants to believe Deshaun Watson. And then I think there are a group of people that just want facts. There are a group of people that want clarity. There are a group of people that want to see this get to a point to where they know beyond a shadow of a doubt, 100% either way, what happened? I think it's going to be hard for people to get that. I don't think in these situations it necessarily comes to a point where I know all of you are telling the truth or I know that you, Deshaun Watson, are telling the truth. I feel like there's going to be some place in, in the middle of that or some place leaning toward one side where we feel. And when you start to feel that way, that's usually enough, at least in court, sometimes if you get the majority, that that person is guilty. The thing that is very difficult in the end is 
women are largely marginalized in our country. There are so many women who are victim of, victims of sexual assault, victims of sexual harassment, victims of sexual, sexual misconduct that are afraid to say that these things have happened. Uh, over 90-some percent of people who, of men who commit these acts never see a day in jail. So many of these cases go unspoken about. So many of these cases go uninvestigated. And I think situations like this are sometimes why it's hard. Whether the name or the man is high profile, whether it isn't, there's always seems to be that burden of proof that something happened. On the other side of that, black men are largely falsely accused. They have been falsely convicted. They have been punished more harshly than anyone in this country. And so you're dealing with two sets of minorities who at least in this country have, have felt or seemed to not get their fair take. And at one time, you're trying to be respectful, supportive, non-dismissive of each, and yet still try to cover football. See, football is a game that has taken over our lives 365 days a year. It didn't used to be like that. It used to be you'd watch the 16 regular season game, you'd watch wild card weekend, divisional playoffs, championship weekend, the Super Bowl, and then you go on about your life. Now these men have been made to be larger than life. Now these men have been made to be more than just superstars, but icons. They've been made to be more than just superstars, but role models. The philanthropic efforts of Deshaun Watson, the givings, of the first checks to workers in the Houston Texans organizations, the community efforts, the genuine just good dude that he has always shown to be is hard to ignore. It's hard to just say a man who has done all of those things, a man that has conducted himself the way that this young man has conducted himself since stepping on the campus at Clemson is a man who is capable of these acts. It's also hard to say that 22 people are lying on it. So for me, I still sit in the middle. I still sit waiting for some clarity. I still listen to whether it's Mina Kimes podcast or I still read whatever I can about the allegations, whatever I can about the depositions, just searching for some answers until I find them. I'll report about what I know. What I know is what the Cleveland Browns have done. What I know is how the NFL has always conducted themselves when it pertains to these situations. What I know is we've heard a lot of talk, whether it was Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, Cleveland, vetting Deshaun Watson, coveting Deshaun Watson, but we never heard about it in the way that we did until after the grand jury refused to indict him for a lack of evidence. That's the fact we know. 
there wasn't enough evidence presented to a grand jury to indict Deshaun Watson. Does it mean there wasn't any evidence? Does it mean that we think he's innocent or know he's innocent? It also doesn't mean that he's guilty and these 22 allegations are true. We got to keep thinking. We have to be empathetic. We have to be sympathetic. We have to be good humans when it comes to the people involved in this. And unfortunately for some, that means being a good human about a man that has not been proven to have done anything, at least not yet. I'm going to close this one a little different, and it's probably off the, or off the beaten path, and I don't know how people are going to feel about this. Uh, but my cousin, Autumn Newby, is a graduate of Vanderbilt University. She transferred to LSU uh, this year to play under Nikki Fargus and ended up playing for the great Kim Mulkey, who I know to some people is problematic, and yeah, she's problematic to me too. Playing for LSU gave us an opportunity to support her. All of her family is from Louisiana. Obviously, I'm here. I went to school and graduated from LSU. Her mom went to school and graduated from LSU. They gave her basketball back. This week, they lost to the Ohio State Buckeyes, and she played her absolute ass off. She dove for balls. She rebounded. She fought. She defended. And I have never been more proud of a human watching them play a sport. It's her last game. She's going on to nursing school. But I want to say salute to her, her friend KP, Kayla Pointer, and the rest of the Louisiana State University women's basketball team for resurrecting women's basketball here in, in Baton Rouge. This one was a little heavy. There were some things I wanted to speak about, kind of get off my chest and share. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you learned something about me. Hope you learned something about the league we play in. I hope you learned something about the way that we need to support people. When we know, we know. But until then, we got to respect them all. Thank you. This was Face First. Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks I'm highly educated Nobody told me looked over but still dedicated Played in the league for 13 I ain't gotta be favorite Two Super Bowls, Honolulu I stood with the greatest The thing is this, it never rich I'm good with my neighbors DB precision, television Ain't ask for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures Just look in the papers No backing down or turning back Part two of the movie